0: That I matched with him in the system only as a half-sibling. So he was, in fact, my half-brother and not my full brother, which by the law of deduction means that we share the same mom, but not the same dad.
1: Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 140. And coming up in the next episode, I believe maybe one or two weeks from now, I will be having on Kara and Alicia from Right to Know to answer questions about the Untangling Our Roots Summit. And also to speak briefly about their NPE stories, which they have been featured on many other NPE podcasts. So if you've heard their story before, we will probably only go into it briefly. If you have a question about the Untangling Our Roots Summit, which is a summit that will be held March 2023 in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, a summit that will be for Well, it's like a healing retreat conference for NPEs, late discovery adoptees, donor-conceived individuals. If there's anything you want to know about it, please feel free to email me at npestories at gmail.com, and I will ask them when they come on in the next week or two. Okay, I think that's the only announcement I had for today. And today we're going to be listening to an NPE share her story, and I am speaking with Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi, Lily. Nice to talk to you today. Yes, thanks for having me on. I don't normally look into the backstory, and I was wondering, Are you? do you identify as an NPE? Yes, I do. You do? Okay. Just wanted to know, sometimes I also have on adoptees or donor-conceived individuals. So, Miss Liz, we are going to listen to your story today, and why don't you start with your family of origin and we'll take it from there.
0: Sure. Um so, I come from a family of 4, and I grew up in, as an Air Force baby. My the person that I knew as my father um was in the Air Force for his whole career and grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. He got orders later on in life when I was about middle school age to go to a different state, and my mom decided that she didn't want to raise her kids in that state, and he only had a couple years left. So we moved to Missouri, middle of the United States, much different from Charleston, and um, I finished my, my childhood out there and was separated from from the person that I knew as my father um, until he came back after he retired four years later, so you know I was mid-teenage years with the little brother and my mom all living together away from him, and then he comes back and it was kind of an interesting situation. A lot of transitional things had to happen, but that is that is basically like a a small synopsis synopsis of what my childhood was like, um, just very close with my mom because she, she, her and I were around for seven years before my brother was born. And, um, then the three of us being in Missouri while he was in New Jersey, it was just a lot of togetherness with her. So ended up being very close with her.
1: Okay. So did you spend most of your later childhood just with your mom while your dad lived on the East coast? Yes, so um, he came
0: back, like I said, when I was mid-high school years, and you know, as a teenager, especially a female, you're kind of in those weird years where you're trying to figure out the world. Um, so there was a lot of a lot of things going on, a lot of drama. Um, I could tell that my mom and him, you know, being separated, that that had paid a toll on their marriage. Um, so. I ended up graduating from high school, going to college, and never really had that connection or bond with him, with the person that I knew as my father. And while my little brother did, because he was younger than me by seven years and they really got to bond, but I I never really had that connection. I was very much did with my mom, but not not with him. So about mid... Well, I graduated from college and realized that their their marriage was not doing very well, and they decided to get a divorce. And it was kind of a messy one, like many are. Um, and my brother struggled through that because he was just at the end of his high school years when all of that was going on. So he saw a lot of the fighting and the and the drama um, while I had moved out and moved on and gotten married on my own. And it, it was just... a a lot of traumatic stuff happening that sometimes most divorces come along with. And there was a time, a period in time when I stopped speaking with my mom because of the way that things happened. And some things came out during that time about my birth that my dad, the person that I knew as my father had actually shared with me in that moment, probably driven by a lot of emotions from the divorce and just angry with my mom. I don't know his intentions, but when they came out, I was very much surprised. So the thing that came out that first kind of prompted me to wonder what was going on was that um, he told me that I was born before they got married, which I vaguely remember because I remember seeing pictures of myself in their wedding. Um, But he told me that he wasn't aware that I was born until I was almost a month old. So apparently my mom had not told anyone she was pregnant. She claimed she didn't know she was pregnant, but from many conversations since then, she she admitted she did. She just didn't tell anyone because it was a different day and time, you know, a different type of society back then, and it was frowned upon to be unmarried and and pregnant. So and apparently my who I thought my father was, and her had had separated at the time. so she went in and had me, and um her mom gave her a choice at the hospital that you know she needed to let let him know that that I was born and that I was existing and and let allow him to make a choice. and so she called him and he was very surprised, and he came and you know came and came with her and they got married and you know they did quote unquote the right thing that was considered right back then and then that's kind of how I came to be which I I was in my mid 20s finding this out so mm. it was very shocking for me very rattling there was a lot of uh healing that I had to do from just that in and of itself because I felt like my mom had lied to me for for that many years mm-hmm. and while it doesn't seem important to some people I I am married to a man that is very in touch with his family and knows a lot about his birth story. It's it's told all the time because his grandmother was there in the delivery room. It's just very touching. And so all of this time I had never really known mine and I found out like this. So
1: it was, it was jarring to say the least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine calling a man up when you have a one month old baby and saying, you know, you have a daughter, a one month old daughter. That's okay. So I understand how your parents came to, I guess, reunite when you were a baby Um, and then they divorced in your college age. How, how is your relationship with your, your brother? So it's all right. Um,
0: the older we get, the better it gets. Um, He's in his thirties now, as well as I am, and um, it's it's getting better and better. But I will say there has been a lot of friction at times because he still maintains a relationship with with who is his father, the person that I thought was mine as well. I don't have that any longer because when we when I was during that divorce phase, they were getting divorced. That There was a period of time I didn't speak to my mom. And then there was a secondary period of time when I didn't speak to this man because the woman he was marrying was, you know, she was not super nice and had said some terrible things about my family and my brother and I, and I just didn't want to be around that. There was some trauma surrounding that and drama surrounding that. Um, so for many years uh, up until this day, I have still not spoken to him outside of a few handful of times um, because she does not like him to speak to his kids. Mm. So uh, my brother tries very hard and has that kinship with him. But um, my the person who I thought was my dad, uh, he wanted to keep that secret and my brother's okay with that, but I was not. So I chose to just not have that relationship instead Mm -hmm.
1: of being kept as a secret. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. You are speaking to a community of nodding heads here. (laughs) Whenever you're speaking to NPEs, it's like, say no more. We understand when you have family members that you have to keep some distance from. Yeah. Yeah. So you found out you were an NPE in 2021. How did that happen? That was a very
0: interesting story. (laughs) I swear it could be a movie, right? As I'm sure many of of NPEs feel. Um, So it was right about – so technically it was 2020 because it was right about when the pandemic had started. And I had time off of work because my business was shut down. So I started answering emails. And there was like so many emails I had. When you're a business owner, you just have a plethora of emails. And there had had been some that had gone into my junk mail that I was looking through. And one of them was from, um, 23 and me, which backstory in 2017, I ended up taking, um, one of the genetic DNA tests, whatever we call these from 23 and me, just to kind of find out what my heritage was and never intended to know anything more. Well, this email that I pulled up said, Something to the extent of, hi, Liz, this is really strange to write, but I was wondering if you know who your father is, you match with me as a half-sister. And so immediately I'm like, first of all, I haven't even logged into this account in almost three years. So I have to remember my login. I get in there, I look for the message, and when I pop it up, it's there momentarily, the screen flashes, and then it's gone. So I call 23andMe because now I'm panicking, like, what is happening? Why is it gone? They tell me they can't really help me. The person that had sent it to me had um, ended their account back in 2018. So it was from 2018, the email was. So it had been sitting there for two years. And I was just in a state of shock. And try to gather myself and, and know that like, okay, that was a dead end. I wasn't going to find this half sister by twenty-three and me helping me out. So what was I going to do? So of course, because I'm very close with my mom, I call my mom. And I I just read it to her and I'm like, I don't even know what to think about this. And so she's like, you know, your dad was in the military. It it could have been a situation where, you know, it happens from time to time that people step out on each other, and he could have just had a, had another child by someone else, and we just didn't know. And so I, I just – I sat with that, and I sat with that for about a year. And in 2021, I called my brother, my half-brother, now that I know he's my half-brother, but my half-brother at the time – my brother at the time, I call him, and I – tell him I've really been thinking about this and I want to try to move forward and figure out who this person could be. Um, So I wondered if he were to take a test, if maybe this person in some way on one of the forums would pop up to match with him. So he agreed. He took the test. Several weeks later, he called me and he said, I need to talk to you right now. So I sit down and he proceeds to tell me that I matched with him in the system, but only as a half-brother, only as a half-sibling. So he was, in fact, my half-brother and not my full-brother, which by the law of deduction means that we share the same mom, but not the same dad. So I... (laughs) Had a moment where I had to like wrap my brain around this, meaning that I had grown up thinking that this man was my dad. He was told he was my dad at my birth. And what the heck is going on? (laughs) Um, My brother was distraught. I was distraught. I didn't know what to do. So I had never mentioned to my mom that I was having my brother do this test, not to hide anything, but only because she was upset a year before and I I wanted to find out who this person was before I brought it up again. I never expected to hear that this was going to be the situation. So, I started googling things because I didn't know what else to do and I found out that there are these people that do this job called being a search angel. And I hadn't heard about this. I didn't know anything about it, but I found one on Facebook and In the middle of the night, emailed her like a crazy person probably and told her my situation and asked her if she thinks that it would be something she could help me with and help me find who my actual father was because I wasn't really sure what to tell my mom. Like I I didn't even know how to tell her. I was angry at the time because in in this moment I felt like, you know, she's clearly lied to me. So – This wonderful woman from Canada (laughs) actually was where my search angel was. She – I don't know how she did it, Lily, but she was amazing and did a lot of research with tying down all the way back to who my paternal grandmother would be. And she found who he was married to or who she was married to and told me the name. And the moment she said that last name, I was like, "Oh my god, I know who this is." So my mother in high school had a very, a very um, close friend slash boyfriend that they dated throughout high school and college. And I only knew his name because my grandmother, my my mom's mother, would talk about him all the time. There were pictures of their prom that I had seen, and you know, it was he was part of the family back then and that is who popped up as my paternal grandfather. So uh, his father was who popped up as my paternal grandfather. So now I knew a name, now I knew who it was and I had to go to my mom and tell her that this was the situation. And it was it was super awkward. <laughs> and very emotional. And at first, when I laid this all out to her and explained how it had, you know, the chronological things and how it happened, um, she was frustrated that I hadn't told her that my brother had done a test. But, you know, again, in my defense, I was like, we didn't expect this to be what we found out. So, you know, crying on the phone, it it was a very emotional situation. And she, at first, was very much in denial that it couldn't be possible. That was the position she took for, I would say, a couple of weeks. That it it was impossible. That this wasn't. This couldn't be my dad. I talked to my half brother and I asked him if his dad, who now I guess we would call my stepdad, um, would be willing to do a DNA test, like a a spit swab test, like walk into a place and do it. I found a company here in Kansas City that does it and uh, he agreed to it. And so he went at separate times so we didn't have to see each other. And Tess comes back and there is no connection between him and I at all. So it is in fact positively sure that he – this person who I thought was my dad is not my biological father – And so I took that information to my mom, and she was distraught again, understandably. And she basically just told me, you know, I didn't didn't know. I just – I didn't know. I didn't know that this was what was happening at the time of your conception and your birth, and I just – I wasn't aware that this was what was going on. So that's kind of – at the point where we got to where I realized like, okay, so either I have to work this out with her and and figure out and do a lot of therapy <laughs> or I just have to be angry for the rest of my life and just not understand this. So I chose the first option and she was going to therapy. I was going to therapy, um, working through things. But to this day, she still remains firm that she just wasn't aware. That this is what happened. It wasn't a lie. She just wasn't aware. So,
1: okay. So I I understand how your mom says she, you know, she didn't know there was some denial, and she just she she just didn't know. Um, but then you did say that your mom and you both went to therapy. Now that interests me because a lot of times we as the MPE seek out. Uh, counseling, but it sounds like um, your mom also went to a therapist.
0: Yes. And we never did group therapy, like joint therapy. I'm just not at a point where I'm ready for that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But her therapist has actually suggested maybe doing a session together. I'm just not ready for that yet. Uh, But yes, we both sought out therapy from separate therapists. Um, Hers more so to kind of work through the possibility of finding out why she has kind of maybe repress some things and, and doesn't see how it could be possible and doesn't understand how it happened that way. Um, and me just trying to heal from, from all of what I'm finding out basically.
1: <laughs> I totally understand. Um, you know, because it's a trauma for us going through this yeah. and, I'm I'm so glad that you have tried some things like counseling for it. Yeah. Um, but it it is rare that I hear of a parent going, especially a mother. So I just wanted to clarify that, and I think that's that's great. And I totally understand not being ready to do the group thing yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I I I am even as frustrated as I've been with her. I am happy to say that I'm proud of her doing that. I think that's a big step for her. I think that's important. So
1: it definitely is a huge step. I mean, what a way to show willingness, you know? Yeah. To the willingness to for for the relationship yeah. and whatever happened to uh, your, your half sister when you briefly saw the email and then she deactivated her account.
0: Yeah. So that there's more story to this um, because I am like a bulldog and I don't let go of things. <laughs> I'm tenacious for sure. So I wanted to find her um, one to ask that same question. Why did you delete your account? why did you stop looking for me? And two, because I am a mother of my own children and now I'm finding out that everything I knew about my past and my health history is not necessarily what I might have thought it would be. So I kind of, for that reason, wanted to find who this person was so I can at least ask a few questions about health history. And find out if there's anything that maybe I need to know because my oldest son was born with uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And I just, they said it was hereditary and never, no one we know had it. So I was just very curious to see if that would line up and maybe there were some other issues that I would need to be worried about. So, because I knew who this person was now, who my biological father was, I knew the names to search. I found him on Facebook. I found that he had one child that happened to be a female, and uh, I messaged her. And I said, "I this is weird and crazy, but did you send this email in 23andMe like three years ago almost? And... um if it is, can I ask you, would you be open to speaking with me? Maybe not about connecting, but just about your family health history, if we actually are related and, and so that I know some things. And she emailed me back. She Facebook messaged me back and gave me her phone number. And we chatted back and forth on message for a little bit. And then I, I ended up calling her. Um, she is 10 years younger than me. She's actually half Korean. Um, My dad, our dad, met her mom because he was also in the Air Force. They got married and and had her well after my mom and him were together, like far, far after. So, but it was interesting to talk to her, to see her, like see pictures of her, see similarities between the two of us. You know, occasionally, from time to time, still to this day, we will. Text each other. Maybe like I last time I texted her was on her birthday, and I don't know that there will ever be a relationship there. But it was very nice to be able to make some connection, and she was able to tell me that my paternal grandmother um, did have breast cancer at one point, which was good for me to know because I was able to make sure that I got checked out and let my doctors know about that. Um, so that that was something positive that did come from that. Um, I was saddened in my heart to know that, you know, I don't know if it will ever be anything that will come to fruition as far as a relationship between her and I. Um, But I was glad that she was at least open to maintaining some kind of connection. So the interesting thing that came from that, though, Lily, is uh, she is very close with her father and she told him that I found her. And, um, he actually gave her permission to give me his number and I did the big scary thing and I called him and it was not a super long conversation, but, um, some things came out of it. And the biggest thing being that, um, I don't know how to say this tactfully, but just being that he was not really in a place to accept this um, and wasn't really sure that he wanted any connection with me. So that has been the first and last time that I've ever spoken to my biological father, which is also a really big pill to swallow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh gosh. Ouch. One call, huh? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I a year ago, I would have been crying through this, but now I'm at a place where I just have to understand that everyone's different. And even if I would do things differently, it's not my choice because that's, you know, I have to handle this from my position. So
1: where you are today, it sounds like you're more at this acceptance. yes, yeah. it
0: hurts still. It definitely hurts, oh. but, um, yes, I have no other choice, but to either let that hurt consume me or just move forward and, and be accepting
1: of it. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you have, okay, this one phone call with your birth father, some yep. m- medical history and kind of a, 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 civil connection, I guess you'd call it with your house. Sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the word. Um, yeah. Okay. That this is a very common story. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but my, my heart hurts for you. I wish you had more. Thank you. So where are you at
0: today? Sure. Um, like I said, I, I, go to therapy every now and again still i'm doing a lot of like self work and different modalities to try to heal myself um and the situation that i've been through um also being a mom my oldest is 9 and you know at that age you kind of get curious about your family and the history, and like I said, I'm married to someone who's like very close with their family, and there's lots of stories shared. And I'm I'm a little bit more kept with my background just because I don't know how to really tell a nine year old all of this, right? Like, you know, how do you explain that to him? But you know, he's very smart and observant, and knows that something is not quite right. And over the last couple of years, there's been some things going on. Um. But I'm sure there will be a day and time that comes when he's old enough and I can I can lay it all out for him. And because he might be curious, you know, as well to know like who, who his grandfather would be or so. So, yeah, it's I'm kind of in a place where I'm like just learning to accept. And there are bad days and good days, as you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just in a place of trying to hold that acceptance and trying to um, hold some grace for myself and, and some space to, to heal through it still. So.
1: Have you considered, or do you have any interest in like the more extended family, potential aunts, uncles, cousins?
0: So the interesting thing about that, that I found is that, um, he was an only child, like, um, only, how do I say this? Only, uh, birth child from that family. His, he had two adopted siblings Um, One of them has passed away. His parents, my grandparents have both passed away. Um, And his adopted brother has passed away. And then apparently um, his adopted sister is not close with the family at all. And I found this out from my half sister. So there's really the way that she explained it to me is there's really not any living people that are around anymore. It's really just kind of her dad left. Yeah. So that was – yeah, because I I had considered that because I'm very open to connecting and and I'm curious about these people and and how they play into my life. And, you know, I think about things like some of the idiosyncrasies that I have, like some of the little things that I do, are they things that that any of these people do? You know, I, I think about things like that. But that's as far as it can go really, I think, at this point, you know.
1: Yeah. That's where I'm, I'm right there with you, Liz. Yeah. I'm, I'd love, uh, someone was mentioning re- briefly on the podcast recently that they got like a shoebox full of pictures. And I was like, I would just like, like some pictures of when my birth father was young to see if I could yeah. see the differences or even just like see a video of them in person. Yeah. But it just, it's not, it's not going to happen. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I feel, Lily, I feel bad about that too. And, and I am fortunate though, because my, um, my mom did go to my grandmother's house, her mom's house and take some older pictures that she had kept from those times in high school and early college. And, and she did give me some of those. So even though, you know, it's like, I don't know that man, but it was nice to like have a little piece of that, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I think the other hard part that's come from this is that um, I told my mom I'm a pretty independent person and pretty outspoken, and I told my mom probably nine or ten months ago. You know, I'm I I don't want to hide this. Like this is my story too, and I understand it's maybe what she might consider embarrassing for her, even though I'm not embarrassed by it. I don't think she should be things like this happen all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, we're human, we make mistakes, but I told her I didn't feel like hiding it. So if people were to ask me, um, I, I didn't want to lie. I didn't want to tell a different version of what the truth was, you know? Um, and the big problem with that was that she would have to tell her parents because they weren't aware of any of this, that was, any of this was going on and they're from a different time, right? And this is frowned upon and embarrassing and should be shunned and shamed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So she did end up telling them and they ended up calling me and um, being very upset with me that I had even sought this out and basically um, choose not to speak with me anymore. So it was like I – I gained a dad, lost a dad, gained a half sister, kind of kept her, uh, lost a brother, gained a half brother, and then now my maternal grandparents don't want anything to do with me. So there was a lot of uh, loss during this situation, (laughs) for sure.
1: Much, so much loss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And like you did nothing wrong. I'm so sorry. And that, you know,
0: that's a fight I kept having with myself: should I have not done that? But I. I am a person that wants to walk in her truth and and speak her truth, and I want to model that to my kids. And so I just – I had to do what I had to do. And if if they can't uh, see that my mom are working things out, my mom and I are working things out and we're trying to be healthy with each other, and if they can't get on board with that and they have to point fingers and find someone to blame, then I guess I'll just be that scapegoat.
1: <laughs> yeah because that you're, you're you're in scapegoat status right now yeah completely yes especially with yeah the even the grandparents um yeah oh, I'm so sorry thank you for sharing this today um including all the loss you know I don't I you're you're so clear with your story I don't even <laughs> really have any questions right now okay. but I I, I know people might have questions for sure. you, and are, are you open to people contacting you if they want to do that? Absolutely. I'm totally open to that
0: because I would like to serve as something that I couldn't find. You know, Luckily, I did find some groups that are full of MPEs, and to even know what that was called, I didn't even know there was a name for it at first. But yes, I would be open to sharing my story or answering questions for anyone that's kind of going through this and, and mm-hmm. feels lost.
1: So. That would be great. So two things here. I want you to give out your email address. And also, um, if you want to share, I know sometimes the Facebook groups are private or maybe people don't want to, you know, give out that information. But if you want to share some of your favorite ones, I'm sure people would love to hear that as well.
0: Okay, sure. My favorite group that I found some support in on Facebook was the group called NPE Friends Fellowship. And it's just basically a community where they're just bringing awareness to people being affected by discovering that they're an NPE. Um, and from that, I found a bunch of people and other groups that um, kind of became a safe place for me to vent and just read other stories and know that I was not alone in going through this. So mm. that would be where I would direct people to go first is that NPE Friends Fellowship
1: wonderful and how
0: could people reach out to you sure um feel free to email me uh, my email is the liz sowers so t h e l i z s o w e r s at gmail.com liz thank you so
1: much yeah. for your patience for waiting for waiting to share your story today for sharing your story and your loss and your trauma and everything you've been through. And thank you for spending the time to do this this afternoon. Yeah,
0: thank you for having me, Lily. I appreciate it.
1: These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.